Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We're still knee deep in tech, and this is episode 41. Today we are in... Växjö. Växjö. Where is Växjö, by the way? In the middle of nowhere. Pretty much. It is the 16th of May, and we are in the middle of nowhere. That's really not true. It's it's one hour south of Jönköping, so three hours south of Linköping. Pretty much. And it's it's in the middle of Sweden in a way that is kind of hard of hard to get to yeah. if you're not driving. That is, I never thought about this, but the county which we're in mm-hmm. is Småland, mm-hmm. which in English would be small land. Small land or a little country. Small land is much better. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Okay. Right. We will we'll take the rest of this episode in English. Yes. Sorry for that. And and uh, moving from small <laughs> land to the land of lakes. Oh. See what I did oh, there? Oh, oh, oh. Yes. I just came back from Secret Saturday Finland. Yep, the first the ever Secret the Saturday. The first ever Secret Saturday in Finland. Yes. And it was an epic event. Yeah. It was just butter smooth. Everything worked perfectly. Great venue, superb organizers. Everything was just peachy pie. It was one of the best Secret Saturdays I've I've been to, and I've been to a few. Great. And yes. you had a talk. I did. I did the Boring Stable Stable is Good. Yep. And it was very, very fun. I you had, had a, a great turnout? I did. I had probably around 40 to 50 people. And that's pretty pretty high since I don't think they had more than 150 attendees all around. Yep. And there were four tracks. So great turnout, great questions, some great discussions. And uh, since it is Finland, I can add some Swedish and most people understand what I'm talking about. Yep. That means that I can use my horrible Swedish accent <laughs> and everybody knows how cringeworthy that is. Yep. But it was a good good session. It was a great talk. And I had the uh, honor of, of listening to a few of my friends. Oh. One of them is, is my uh, my very good friend, uh, Katrin, Katrin Wilhelmsen, who's by the way, is back in Norway after spending quite some time in the U.S. She did her BIM for Beginners. And the fun thing is that this is either the second or the third time that I hear and, and, and watch her session. And it has been updated and it is simply epic. It is by far the best designed talk session that I've ever seen when it comes to um, demos and and how she designed it and everything. So that is something we should definitely pick apart and see what we can do and then how other people can do their sessions better. And for people that doesn't know what BIML is. BIML, I'm very happy you asked the question. Business Intelligence Markup Language. Or how to do SSIS without getting a splitting headache. <laughs> okay. That's pretty much... It could be the, the sub-name of that session. In, in short, it is an XML language that helps you create and manage huge numbers of SSIS packages. It is simply an amazing tool. Great. And... I also attended a session called IO Tuning 101 by Anders Pedersen, uh, another great guy. He's, he's from Norway originally, but now lives in, in North Carolina since ages immemorial. And he did a session in a way that didn't quite work out in the room he was in. 
and I think it was actually more due to the the room than uh, than the session itself. But it gave me an idea, and it's going to be interesting to see how you react to this, to do a talk show inspired technical session where you have a conversation on stage. Yep. I think he his session would have been absolutely epic in that kind of setting. He is very good at at telling a story, weaving his um, demos and his examples into the story and at the same time creating an interactive discussion with the uh, audience. Okay, so so how how did the session actually what what was the what was the plan? You were saying talk show. Yes. In, the, in this case it was a just was a alone. regular session. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And it kind of fell a bit flat since he did not get the interaction with the attendees that he was expecting. Yeah. Then again, we need to remember we were in Finland. Yes. And I will never ever forget the answers that I got from Tech Days when I asked people, did you like my session? And they all said, yes, it was very good. And completely without inflection. So I didn't know if it was very good or very bad, but yes, it was very good. Welcome to Finland. Yeah. Kind of hard. Yeah. Yep. So that was SQL Saturday Finland. I'm very much looking forward to next year. Great. I mm-hmm. would love to visit Helsinki. I haven't been there yet. It's a beautiful city. Yep. And the weather was amazing. Yep. So something other beautiful and amazing. It's actually a bit hard to talk about this. Is it now? Yes. Because I know that I need to wait a couple of months to get one. Ah. Microsoft out of the blue revealed the Microsoft Surface Hub 2 yesterday. They did. And we were sitting at a, um, what do you call it? A bar? No. Pub. A pub. And... Simon just stopped talking. That is not a common occurrence. No. And said, okay, my God, you're going to like this. And then he turned his phone around and showed me the most beautiful thing I've seen in a long, long time. And it's it's so hard to describe this thing without any ways of showing how it looks. Mm. But basically, they are redoing the complete device. Yeah. From being a very bulky device, I'm I'm now going to say something very inappropriate, but very Lenovo looking. It is very Lenovo or or Apple looking. It is very no no sleek. no the, the old one. Oh, the old one. The old oh, yeah. one. Oh God, yes. Uh, a very heavy utilitarian. Yeah, it's a great device. I it absolutely is. love it. It is indeed. But it's it's hard to install. Mm. It. It's not very good looking. It isn't. Well, not not hard to install. It's more hard to integrate into the environment. Yeah, in, yeah. Into your room. To, to mount it. Yes. Um, so now they redid everything. And the current Surface Hub is available in two sizes, 55 and 84 inch. Mm-hmm. The new one will only be available in a 50.5 inch size. But... But... You're able to link up to four devices mm. and connect them to each other, building a huge screen. Yes. And each individual Surface Hub will have a plus or 4K plus resolution. So a 50.5 inch display with a 4K plus resolution times four yes. at the most. And it's super sleek. Yes, compared to 
like video wall devices, which have millimeters of uh, bezel. Yeah. This may be a bit bulky when you combine two of them. It will probably build, from the pictures I've seen... A couple of like, millimeters. I would say a centimeter. That bad? Yeah, if you if you look at the pictures, it's an it's an obvious line. Okay, right. But the device itself, it's 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 a screen. It's nothing other than a screen. You just do not see the microphones. You do not see the speakers. You see the camera. Yeah, that was that's, that's the that part was a bit weird. Don't like. Yeah, it's it's a ball. It's it's it looks like a nineteen nineties webcam. It does with four K resolution, mind four K plus. No four K for the camera. All right. Um. And and then it keeps going because they are showing it off mostly in a portrait um, orientation. And just hold it right there. You can actually switch between portrait and and horizontal. Yeah, and not just switch, it will actually rotate with the image. So when you yeah. rotate the screen, it will follow in the most beautiful way, mm. which hints that this device, and I'm, I'm getting the correct name for it, may be running a new version of Windows 10, which I'm struggling to find a name for. They are talking about releasing a new OS based on Windows 10, which will be more flexible um, than the current one. So it will be able to change the the layout of whatever is on the screen dynamically. Okay. So you, you will actually see how the picture follows when you rotate the screen in a most beautiful way and as always the commercial for it is it's just mind-blowing how good and beautiful they are you you know i got um i i I got the feeling that they took a page from the surface studio yeah one and i see a lot of the design elements from surface studio finally come to the surface hub yep and they are also speaking of things that look beautiful. They are now worked with Steelcase to build a, a, a movable uh, mount for it. Motorized mount? Not motorized as far as I can see, but movable. Movable as in... In, in wheels. You oh, can, you can, right. You can uh, rotate it, yeah. but then you can move it the entire okay. thing cool. around. And it's it just looks beautiful. It, it's very similar to Samsung's Flip... No, the Flipboard is Google... I don't know. Samsung's equivalent. Okay. Not equivalent, but try to be an equivalent. Yeah. Um, other things, of course, it's it, it's Teams enabled. Yes. Uh, 4K camera. I think the, the, the portrait... What do you say? The portrait... Orientation. Mo- yeah, orientational yeah. mode is going to be a game changer. Yeah. For some reason, the images I've seen of... Teams and, and Skype calls in portrait mode is it is just so yes that's what I want to have. Yeah, it's a huge iPhone. <laughs> it really is. So it, it's I'm, I'm I can't keep 
reading the blog post. It will be such a beautiful device. And the ability to uh, link them, to, to have them side by side, also means that you can start off with one in a conference room. Yes. If you then need a large screen, you don't have to buy a completely new device. You just mm. add on a second screen. Which in by design, by de facto is a new design, a new device. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, but you don't no. need to replace no. the thing. You, you don't need to risk to buy something that you that you don't need or mm. that's not suitable. Mm. So it's it's amazing. Uh, I'm actually been invited to Microsoft in September. Right. To hopefully look at it. Yep. Because that's one of the the main gripes with this. When is it going to be available? 2019, yes. um, as far as I can't find it in, yeah, uh, they will, in 2018, we will begin to test Surface Hub 2 with select commercial customers. It will be available for purchase in 2019. So it's far away, which is again a shame, but looking at the, the time it usually takes to purchase one, it's it's a process to purchase one. Okay. Um in terms of the internal processes, it's, it's still an expensive device. They haven't said how much it will cost. Um, they've only said in the same area as a, as comparable devices. Mm. So we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, on the point of mounting it to a wall, mm -hmm. this one will also be a lot lighter. That the, is a the current good thing because yeah. you don't need to find the cross member that holds the building and then bolt this thing into that. Yeah, and that's actually been a huge problem. Yep, and only like transporting it, especially the eighty-four inch one, it's hard. Both transporting and actually getting people to move the darn thing. Yeah, sure. So it's great um, if this is um, a view of the the design. And it's to be honest, it's it's fairly similar to similar, like you said, to the Surface Studio and so on. Sure. One of these smaller, and you have the new Surface Pro. I hope. Oh, that's gonna be nice. Yeah. So cool. imagine a Surface Pro with the bezels from a Dell XPS. Oh, hello. That would be just awesome. Yeah, we are definitely living in interesting times, and yeah. I was thinking that I was gonna get out of hardware. <laughs> I'm gonna get into hardware again, yep. and I, I just realized something. Uh oh, Surface Studio Two. Oh dear. Oh dear. It is pretty much behind the band, right? Yep. Uh huh. A smaller one, of this one. Speaking of Surface, when do you would you say that a updated Surface um, Surface laptop is due out? Should should be any anytime soon. It's it's one year old now. It is. So they, it really should be upgraded. Uh, hopefully with a USB-C port. Right. That would be something to start that with. Would, yeah. I would love a black one. Hmm. A black aluminum one with black Alcantara. You know, that might require me to, to change my computer again. Yeah, I but know. Yeah, Let, let's, let's not dwell on that one. No, moving forward. Yes. I need to put in something. When yes. um, when I did my session, one of my um, things that I say is always enable query store, which is a feature of, of SQL Server 2016 and upwards. Because query store tracks 
your queries and enables you to go back and see, okay, this worked yesterday. Why doesn't it work today? And when I say work, I mean performance-wise. So it is a very good tool for you to see if any deviations in, in performance has occurred. But it turns out that there is a bug that I have kind of heard of. I haven't hit this myself, and I'm happy for that. This bug has been fixed in 2017 Cumulative Update 5. So what it does is that you get a lot of weights on latches, system latches, and it is almost impossible to track this down as your usual scripts won't show you system latches. So basically what happens if you start up the query store on a few databases, you're going to hit 100% CPU and your whole system is going to be slow as molasses. And this has been solved in, in CU5. So be sure to, well, be sure to put on the cumulative updates. Always do it. 2016, you should always put on all SPs and CUs. 2017, same thing. Always put on the latest cumulative updates. My, my feeling is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but DBAs aren't too good at patching SQL. It depends. Depending on your ver version, because we've heard everything from thou shalt not touch thy database <laughs> up until the latest, you would should always put on every darn patch you can find. Yep. And, and in general, we like stability. Yep. And that clashes with patching. Yep. But I don't think that you can say a, a general that we're worse than others on, on patching. But yeah, we value stability. And that is an issue. And yes, it is fairly common that I find very different versions out there. Yeah, but you talk a lot about patching servers, patching clients, but very little about patching SQL. Mm -hmm. So there, there are many ways of doing it, and I've seen some people put the put it into a System Setter. Yeah, I would not um, personally, since I'm a DBA, I would not like to have my machines patched overnight and come back and see that nothing is working. But on the other hand, if I had 2,000 of them, ugh, it's, it's hard. You need to automate in some way. We need to automate it in some way, yes, but we need to make it, uh, in, in my case, I would recommend going, take a few at a time. Don't shoot on all of them. This is something we time. actually should discuss and see how we can work with. Yes. Yep. Let's, let's ta table that for another one. Yep. Hmm? Uh, speaking of uh, things to come, mm -hmm. will there be a server, a SQL Server 2018? Ooh, that's a hard one. There is something called the SQL Server VNext. Yeah, it's always, it's always a VNext. Is it going to come out in 2018? I think so. Yep. Yes. And I think that's going to be 2019 too. Yep. Is there going to be anything after that? I don't know. Are there any new things coming to that uh, that you're aware of? 28 Vnext. Vnext. Oh dear. Oh <laughs> Yes. Yes. They, they, so far, I have not seen very many huge new things, but the development of things are just phenomenal. So 2016 was a game changer. 2017 runs in circles around 2016. And I'm fully expecting 2018 or whatever it's going to be called the next cool thing so the innovation speed has been ramped up markedly i 
can't wait. One of the things that's in VNext, uh, one of the things that came in 20, I think it was 16, is the always encrypted. Yeah. And always encrypted means that I as a DBA cannot see data. Yep. Nobody can see data if you're not, uh, if you don't have the certificate and, and, and the keys. But this is so darn slow because yep. you cannot at the moment offload this to a crypto chip. You can in 20, uh, 20 in, in VNext. You can also do these weird things. Today, you cannot do a, a like query on a, encrypted data. You're going to be able to do that in VNext. So these, what, what sounds like a fairly small change is a huge change underneath. Yep. And it's going to be a huge change when it comes to actually adopting the specific technology. Cool. Oh, yeah. and, and do you believe that we'll get the same same update behavior and life cycle as we see with server and so on for SQL? Would that be possible to be forced to upgrade your new release every 18 months? Well, it's actually even worse than that, if you think of it. If you're running your SQL servers in, in SQL Azure, you don't have 18 months. No, 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 of course not. So why wouldn't you be able to have a much quicker release cadence? Even to, to align with the other products. Sure. But in, in that case, yes, I, I would definitely think that would be uh, the way. I think that the old days of installing a server and then basically not touching it for 10 years, it's gone. Yep. We're done. I still find databases that are... are 12, 14 years old, but those are not the common norm today. And many people that I talked to and they asked me, which version of SQL Server should I install? And I said, of course you should install, in, install the latest one. Yeah. Because that's where the features are and you need to stay current because it's, it's going to be very difficult to keep track of and, and, and try to upgrade if you get too far behind. And let's face it, very few things break between the versions. Yep. So I'm I'm all for the the test and fail fast. Yep. Great. Mm -hmm. So we have three new or yeah three new previews to talk about. Mm -hmm. Windows, Windows Server, and Config Manager. Cool. Which one would you like to start with? I would like the Config Manager, please. The Config. Are you high? I am not that I know. Are you starting to like Config Manager? Well, I, I, I'm actually finding it more and more interesting the more I hear you talk about it. Let's see what you think about this. Mm -hmm. Where is it? Yes. CMPivo. CMPivo. The ability to ask queries to Config Manager clients in real time. Huh? Currently, when you ask Config Manager for something, it must exist in a database, mm -hmm. which means that the client, because everything in Config Manager is from a client side push, mm -hmm. you never push something to a client really. The clients are pulling down information and mm -hmm. or pushing up things, which means that what you have in your database that's that's the truth uh, from, from, from a config manager perspective, which means it's not always up to date. Okay. Now you have the ability to ask a query to your entire client estate 
and get a real-time response back. So you mean that you're actually asking the clients and you're not asking the database? Exactly. Ooh, that, I see a few issues with that. Okay. Say, I mean, if, if you have a thousand clients, you're going to saturate the network pretty quickly. Yeah, and I haven't looked into it too much and you're, uh, uh, you are limited to a certain amount of things you can do oh. at the moment. Um, I'm work with, I work a bit with 1E. Mm -hmm. They have a similar product called Tachyon, which is much more flexible. Right. Um, but this is huge okay. to be able to ask, what BIOS version do you have? And they will all return a version for you instantly. Why would you want to do that as opposed to just ask the database? Because what the database has may not be up to date. How, how much of a lag time are you looking at? That's a discussion... Uh, which I'm having with a couple of customers now. Some say that it can take weeks. Weeks? Which I only have seen at one customer. And I've seen similar size customer which where this works just brilliantly. Um, more and more people are moving away from hardware and software inventory because that's slow in comparison to configuration baselines. Right. Um, but But... Usually, you run um, hardware inventory, depending on the size of the environment, once every day to once every week or something like that. So it, it can be old, especially if you have a, a, a new security breach or whatever. Ah, now you're starting to make sense. Yep. Okay, I, I see. So when you have a time-critical yep. requirement to get information, now you can actually get the information most likely that you're looking for. Yep. Cool. Um and there are a lot of things. One thing I really like is better phased deployments so that you're able to deploy something. If that deployment reach a certain amount of success, certain percentage of success, mm -hmm. automatically deploy it to a larger group. Yeah, you've, you've talked about yeah. that earlier. That's You're that's now a lot more flexible with that. And a small thing, and this is a huge release, uh, it's a conference ongoing now, MMS in Minnesota. Yep. Um, so it's a lot of things. But one of the small things that I really like, uh, to read logs in Config Manager, you have a tool called CM Trace, which at some point probably will be deprecated or renamed. Um, so you, you read the logs with a specific tool. Now it's installed with the Config Manager client. Mm -hmm. So you get it on all your machines without deploying it as a separate application. Uh, so there's a lot of things, a lot of other things in it. Uh, we can talk about it for ages, uh, but look into Config Manager Technical Preview 1805. Right. Um, moving on to Windows, because this is something I believe you will like. Cloud Clipboard. Yes. Is now a part of the latest Windows Insider release. So you're actually able to copy-paste between and across devices. And when can we expect this to be pushed out into a Windows update, you think? 1809 at the earliest. Okay. Uh, they are not promising anything. They are never promising anything no, anymore. But, but likely 1809 yeah. or... You also get another thing. Mm -hmm. You get Cloud Clipboard with clipboard history 
Oh. So you're able to have more than one thing to paste. That is nice. I absolutely love it. And I will be, I have like 200 tabs in my browser, so I'll have 200 things in my paste history probably. Yeah, pretty much. This will be such an awesome thing if we ever get there. Yeah. Uh, you also get a dark theme for File Explorer, which actually looks super cool. Ooh, that I'm very much looking forward to. And this is something that, this was the thing that created uh, cheers and applauds at Build. Uh-huh. You have to explain this to me. Introducing extended line endings support for Notepad. Oh, it is beautiful. Finally. <laughs> yes. So, so with today's build, Notepad now supports Unix, Linux line endings and Macintosh line endings. Yes. What's this? Well, there are, there are most of the time two characters that you don't see. That would be the line feed and the character return. And the character return, and I'm sorry, but this is from the days before you were born. Yeah, probably. When you needed to tell the carriage that held the right head of the printer <laughs> to actually return ah. all the way to the left. That's the carriage return. Yep. Uh, I can't for the life of me remember if it's 21 or 23, hex 21 or 23. Anyway, so depending on, on if you're on, on Linux, Mac OS or, ah, or Windows, okay. you have different line some you just do a, a line feed and boom you're done some require line feed character return so if you have for instance notepad that can only handle the windows one you might not actually get uh, enters re real enter yep. hits on your your text so okay. now it's finally been updated it's cool it's a small thing but it's a huge thing yeah and actually notepad received one other feature so notepad is getting features i like it Notepad search with Bing. Yeah. So if you write something in Notepad, you can right-click and choose search with Bing. Yay. This, yeah, but it, it makes sense because we also get new features to sets. So you're able to use tabs for your applications, mm. applications and apps. It's back. Yes. And now nice. it's working with everything. Oh, cool. So in this case, you can actually use Notepad to gather information and then open tabs for the things you search for. So it's a great way of doing research. Very where interesting. Where you basically have a like somewhere to just put down stuff which you don't want to save necessarily yeah. in Notepad yeah. and then move on. That's exactly the way that I use Notepad++. Yep. So lots of cool things. Um, we'll have an interesting autumn as well. We will definitely have an interesting autumn. And I mean, we are, we are going to look at, at Ignite. Yep. We're going. I'm going to um, summit, yep. and I'm sure we're going to find another uh, or a lot of other stuff to attend in the fall. Yep. But we have a couple of more episodes before then. Oh yes. Yep. Oh yes, and we are never bored. No. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, I think it is p uh, time to pile into a small golf and drive the three hours back to Lynn Shipping. Yes. And thank you very much for listening, and see you next time. Bye. Bye.